right, so that was very appropriate. It's kind of cool how God orchestrates things and makes things all work. Can I move these song sheets? Because, um, like, we didn't go through and pick the songs and all that kind of stuff, and I was like, I always wonder, what, well, how is that going to work out with what I'm going to say? Besides, I don't know how to work this thing. Um, and it, it's okay. It'll be fine. Um, and it's uh, amazing that God just completely orchestrated all the songs and what Cindy had to say and what Adam said, um, just being beloved by the Father and loved by him. So, oh, Mike, I have your book. I brought it along to give it to you, so here. Um, so anyway, we're going to, happy Father's Day, by the way, to all you fathers out there. So today we're going to look at the loving father, and um, if we can put that picture, I, got, I, I have the Rembrandt picture, the loving, the picture of the, it's called the return of the prodigal. And uh, anyway, I just kind of dig the picture, I think it's pretty cool. Anyway, so we're going to be looking at uh, Luke 15, 11 to 32 today, so if we can kind of put that up, I'm going to read it through, and we'll go from there. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. Jesus is, is bringing the point across that uh, the deep love that the Father has for his people and his first children, those who are lost. If you look even before the parable, it's called the parable of the lost son, but I like it more, the parable or, or the story of the loving father. But the desperation of the woman before that had lost her coin and the desperation that she's looking for that is like, it's just there, okay? So Jesus transitions and says, Jesus continued. Anyway, the desperation is of the Father's desire for us, okay? That's the key to that previous story, is that he's so, the same way that that woman has to find this coin is the same intensity with which God pursues us. So keep that in mind as we read. So Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to, to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, and was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found." So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. He came near the house. He heard the music and the dancing. So he called 
one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and his father has killed the fattened calf because he is back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Father, I just ask that you would just um, open our hearts and that we would understand uh, who you really truly are and how you see us and the reality of our relationship with you. Um, Father, we just love you and we just ask that the words that are spoken today would be from you and that they would just bless you and bless your children in your son's name. Okay, so anyway, I'd like to take a look at a couple things um, that we see here that, that Jesus is, is uh, continuing to talk to uh, just the people and showing what who God is and how the Father actually sees, sees us. Um, one of the things that he has done, that he does in this story is if we got to remember like the context that this is being taught in because Jesus is teaching to the, he's teaching to the Jewish community. So the first thing he does is like the Jews, like anybody who's, uh, you know, is a good Jew marries good Jews. You, it's that don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew, and don't go with girls that do is what's going on. So what, is, what does he do? So he goes, hey, I'm going to tell you some more about the loving Father. I'm going to show you, because Jesus said, if you know me, you're going to know the Father. Well, everybody in the community sees what Jesus is doing. He's hanging out with tax collectors, prostitutes, sinners, and everybody's like, well, we serve the God of Moses. And he's like, well, well wait a second. If you know me, you know the Father. So now he's bringing the point saying, God the Father, let's, let me show you who God the Father is by this story. So he's got this tension going because now what happens? The good, the good boy, the good Jew, Jewish son, I need my money. Okay? I, and so first of all, it's not unheard of that you know, the, the father is going to divide the money up between the sons and... Uh, but most of the time, when you know what your inheritance is, you don't get it until your father has passed. Or if you do get it, he still receives the profit from whatever that money is doing. So for him to take his entire inheritance and head off to, let's say he went on a Mediterranean vacation for a while. So this dude's partying like a rock star down in Brazil with all the ladies and um, is... You know, so first of all, these people are like, what is he doing? You know, so this father gives us away. So the son goes to a foreign country and is hanging out with foreign women. So now we've got that tension going on. And then the famine comes. And so they're like, well, it serves that kid right. You know, he's, you know, getting what's coming to him. And then he has him feeding pigs, which is a no, complete no-no. Because, again, it's the, the pork thing with Jews and... Not only is he like a pig farmer now, he's wanting to eat the pig's food. So this guy is way down on his luck. And so 
as that, you know, so now they're thinking, okay, what's going to happen? I'm sure when he gets home, this dad's going to, he's going to have his come up and so with his son. And so what does the father do? He sees his son a long way off, and he, again, goes outside the social norms in this story, where in, in Middle Eastern society, men, patriarchs of the family, don't run. They, they you know, you come to me. This guy sees his son, runs. Now he's touching an unclean person. He's kissing an unclean person. He does, like, everything is completely outside of the box. And you see this picture that he's painting of God? That he's saying, the father looks like this. You guys come to, you know, he comes back. And so the son, it's kind of interesting that he's thinking, I just think, like, I had a, I've had to make many uh, apologies or amends in my life. And when I really have done something really stupid, I, like, rehearse it to th- you think, okay, how is this? You don't want to sound like it's rehearsed, but you still want it to come out right. And, you know, and, and I'm sure this kid has had a lot of time. He's out slopping the hogs and doing his deal there going, you know. And he said he finally came to his senses and said, you know what? This just ain't cutting it. If I can just get in on, you know, the scraps that my dad's servants are getting, it's going to be better than this. And so he thinks, how can I do this? Can I go back and say that, you know, how can I get my dad to love me again at least enough to feed me? You know, he's not even grasping the concept of the love that his father had for him. And he's, he's completely missed the point. He grew up in this family. So I think a lot of us, when I say us, let me use an example from my own life, um, that my conception of God has been such that you know, when you make a mistake, I grew up, when you made a mistake, you, you got to cover it up. You don't necessarily apologize for it. You got you to gotta always look good. And it's all based on what we do and how we, how we look and how we perform. And you see that in the son's perspective of the father. Because he says, he says here, when he came to his senses, how many of my father's men have food to spare? And I will go back and say to my father, Father, I have sinned against you and, and against, hev- against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy. So what is his worth based on in his mind? What is he saying? My worth is based on what I did. What did I do? I got all my money. I partied. And now I'm feeding pigs. So that makes me unworthy to be loved by my father. And so... He's going through his line. Yep, this is what it is. I'm going to go back and say. So what do we see? He gets there. He doesn't even pick up on the fact that his old man has got his, you know, he's got his robe hiked up and he's jogging down the street. There's my boy. And he's running. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't go, hi, dad. All he says is he's, you know, he's got this memorized. Oh, shoot, there he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Bam, he's getting hugged and loved. Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven and against you. He goes through his his spiel. Do you see that the, the, his dad doesn't even acknowledge it? He doesn't even, he doesn't even go, oh, he doesn't, it doesn't even matter. He goes, we're having a party. You're home. He's got, he's yelling to the guys. He's hugging his kid, whatever he's doing. He's not, I, I see this as he's not even letting go of his boy. He's got his son. He's and everybody's like, whoa, well, what's going on? He's like, we're having a party. This is him. I know he's a little rough right now, but we're having a party. And so 
What does he say? First thing, he says, quick, and it's not even like, hey, let's get this guy cleaned up. He's like, let's get a robe on him, okay? And the symbolism is, is very important because we see in the, um, in the context, again, the context of the Middle Eastern society, he says, bring the best robe. It's a sign of dignity, and it shows, you know, or righteousness. It, he's dirty. He's grimy. He doesn't say, go wash, go take him around back behind the barn and hose him off. He smells like pig crap and who knows what else. And then maybe if he polishes up okay, we'll get him, we'll get him a robe. And No, he doesn't, even, he doesn't even go there. He says, he sees his son. The, this is my beloved son. He's come home. Puts a robe on him. So he has a robe. Now this, this boy who's probably still kind of trying to figure out what the heck happened, he's got a nice robe and he says, and give him a ring. Well, it's not just a ring. It's a signet ring, which is like he shows up. He's just wasted, squandered his portion of the inheritance. And his dad says, hook this dude up with a wallet and credit cards because he's going to need it. Okay? So is there like, he's not going, well, we'll start you out with a 10 bucks a week because, I don't know, I mean, last time I gave you $100,000, look what you did. He do, it doesn't even, it's not entering into his mind, so he gives him a ring. So now he's, he gets this ring, and then he gives him shoes. Shoes are significant in the fact that he's not looked at as a slave, he's looked at as a son, because Shoes in that society enable you to travel, to go, to be, you know, you're, it's like giving him a car. So now the kid, new set of clothes, credit card, and he's got a vehicle, okay? And then the last thing he's got is he's got a party. So then he's like, not, well, now let's have a party. And the whole point, I think a lot of times, like, I grew up thinking it was a party for, like, just for a party, which it was, but the other part, which is the most significant part, is that his dad was saying, hey, everybody, my son's here. Check out his new digs. Look at his ring. Look at his car. He's not sort of my son. He's fully my son. He's not the one who went out and blew it. He's the one that's my son. Okay, so when we come back to the father in this story, which is a story of how the father looks at us, we don't come back kind of like, you come back like the whipped puppy, and he's like, no, 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 you're not, you're not the whipped puppy, you're my, you're my son. And that's how we see, he's, he's putting it out there for the whole community to know, this dude has all the rights and privileges of my son. There's no condemnation for him, okay? So what does that do so now we see the older, older brother, what does he do? He comes home and he's like, wow, man, it's all the music and everything's going on here. And he's like, hey, what, my brother, the squander? I mean, but your son, this son, he doesn't even call him my brother. He says, this son, you know, like, have you ever been in trouble? Like when your kids do something really bad, it, hands, it happens to be your child at that point when you're talking to your wife. I can't believe what your son did. Well, you know, I, there was kind of a, this is a combo deal here. I mean, it's, but so, so the brother says, your son, 
who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home and you kill the fattened calf for him. He's like, and he's, you know, it's got an exclamation point here. I'm sure there's yelling, not over, you know, not just because the music's really loud and everybody's having fun, but he's chapped. So the father pleads with him and says, just come in. Do you not get it? Just come in. This is important, okay? And here's where we see that the love, like this son doesn't get it. Like this son still thinks it's works related. He says, I have, where did it, it's in here somewhere. But the son says, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could go celebrate with my friends. Does he have the wrong perspective of the father as well? His perspective isn't correct. He's, he's missing the point. And so the father says, you are always with me. Does he acknowledge, does again, does the father acknowledge anything that that son has done? He just says, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. He's kind of telling him, dude, if you would have asked for one, you could have had a party. You know everything's yours. I mean, I gave it to your brother when he asked. Why wouldn't you ask? You know, and I think this is my brother and I, a little example from my life. My, my brother's younger than me, but everybody who's ever met us goes all, hey, how much older is your brother than you? And I'm like, he's 14 months younger than me. Well, he's got this great business and responsible, and he's got all this stuff. I mean, he's, he's the perfect kid. He's always been that way. It's always been, like our whole life growing up, other than when we were in school, everybody knew who was younger than me, and he's all, thanks for paving the way of destruction for me, because everybody says, well, wait till that other both boy comes. He's... He's half as bad as him. It, you're in heap big trouble. And so, anyway, so he's always done everything the way it's supposed to be. You know, and I've never quite done things the way it's supposed to be. So I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to be in when I get out of college. But um, he's, you know, so we, we, have that, we have that kind of relationship where he's like, but I've done everything right. I've done all these things, and yet... God, when we both stand before him someday, it's not that is what doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that, you know, he's done all his, he's dotted all the I's and crossed all his T's, and I've been over here being stupid, and, but he sees me for me. He sees my brother for, my brother for who he is, not for anything. He bypasses all that stuff and goes, I see you. I love you. That's it. There's no nothing. So then how does that, how does that matter to us? Um, because we need, to, we need to understand that we can bless. I think one of my questions is that, that I thought about is like, okay, so now we have the, the son who comes home, and I'm thinking he came home on a Friday, and this was an all weekend party. So Monday morning, everybody wakes up. So now, so what's the younger son going to do? Like, what's his role? What is, how does he, he's like, yeah, everybody's stoked to see me. And then Monday morning rolls around and you're like, kind of like, okay, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, I think he grasped the concept that his father loved him, but now how does he live? How does he act that out? You know, not act it out, but live it out. Now that he, he's get, he gets the concept, I think he truly understood it. Um, 
and we don't know, we've kind of left hanging with the other one, like, he's still chapped. I mean, we don't know whether he ever came in. All we do is we see that the father loved his other son just as much, and he's pleading with him to come. But so what does the younger son do? How does he live? And that's the question I want to answer or ask, and I would like to see if you guys would agree and, and kind of see this as well. So if we agree that this son is a beloved son of the father, and we are his beloved children as well, I think that one of the ways that we can show others God's love and true acceptance for us is by blessing other people. Because in our brokenness, we can bless others. Um, uh, I think, well, for me, I'm a, you know, Cindy talked about um, her being in recovery at, um, with Celebrate Recovery. Well, I'm also in recovery. I go to AA and, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's a rough deal because for me, when, you know, it's, it's been a rough road. But so one day I'm over at Mike and Betty's house sitting there and we're kind of talking and, I, and I'm kind of, Mike's like, what? And I, you kind of, you're, you're waiting for, you know, I, to get in trouble. And I'm like, so we're sitting there, and he's like, uh, like, what? And I was like, are you going to gonna tell me that I'm wrong? I mean, are you going to get on me? And he's like, why should I? He goes, you're harder on yourself than anybody. He goes, you just need to forgive yourself and get over it. That's what grace is all about. I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. See, this is not the way that this whole system works. I mean, when you screw up, you're, you're under condemnation. you you, you wear the boot on your throat for a while, and then, you know, they, you, know you don't, no, and it's like, no, 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 you don't get it. So, through the brokenness that I have, it's like, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm, you mean I'm free? You mean I have the robe? I have the ring? I have the car? I have the, the celebration, not the well, son, after we're done celebrating, we're going to have a talk. None of that. I mean, it's just, I'm free. I mean, I for, I'm forgiven. I'm, you know, so how do we take that and say, how do we wrap that up and go, I want you guys to, to grasp that concept. As, you know, and I don't know if I've communicated it clearly, but the concept of the freedom and the grace that God has for each one of us and that we can go give that to others and we can love other people. So I think one of the ways that we can do that is just through friendship with non-believers and with believers as well. And I think that when we see, we can see, like, you know that the father knew what was going on with the boy, or he's probably assuming it's not like he's on the internet and the kid's Facebooking and going, yeah, partying with the rock stars. You know, but he's thinking, if he's gone and all the money's gone and he's off in the Mediterranean, he's probably doing something that probably is not the best. But the father sticks it out. He's his friend, you know, so we see that with what we can do with ourselves. We see a friend, somebody going, I love that person. I'm going to be their friend, and I'm going to stick it out while they're out doing whatever they're going to be doing. And when they come back, we celebrate. 
because we see too that the sun, and we know that it wasn't this like six month fling. It says wherever he tells it, oh look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed. So I don't think he's talking about, well, when we, my brother and I were both still here working together on the farm, he's saying all these years while you know, your son was out doing his thing, I've been here. Okay, So it's a, it's a time period. So we have a commitment, I think, that we can make to one another to say, let's walk through this together. I don't like seeing the pain that you're in, and it bums me out, but I'm not going to condemn you for that. I'm going to love you through that. Because how many of us, I mean, you can get a whole lot more done with sugar than you can with salt. It's, you know, unless you're trying to make, I don't know, salt pork or something. But <laughs> yeah, um, you see what I'm saying, though? I mean, we get a lot further that way. So let's love one another because we don't know how long it's going to be. It could be years so that we're going to walk, we're going to walk with our friends through stuff, and it's going to be a long time. And so part of that is like, you're, we have to realize that we're, we're supposed to be, be, we're being with people, not doing with people. And I got this uh, friend of ours said it in one of the meetings of the day, said, we're human beings, not human doings. And I've been thinking, I'm like, yeah, we're supposed to just be. We don't have to just do. Sometimes the biggest blessing that we can be for other people is to be not to do anything for them, but to be with them and just be there. And you're thinking, well, this was a waste of time. I sat here for 45 minutes and we didn't even talk. And yet, down the road, they could, you know what? The, the most significant thing was is that you were with me. You were being with me. You didn't condemn me. You didn't say anything. You just were with me. Okay? So I think that's one of the ways we can do that. The other way is like, and then, in that context is blessing others. Um, I have a little thing I want to read that is pretty cool. It's um, from Henry Nouwen. This is a great book. It's called Life of the Beloved, Spiritual Living in a Secular World. It's pretty cool. Anyway, so Henry Nouwen is a a Catholic, or was a Catholic priest. Um, He has since passed, but he's writing to a, um, a Jewish friend of his. So he's just talking about how they're, you know, how to be a spiritual person. And so he's at a bar mitzvah. Uh, Henry's at a bar mitzvah. And so he's just talking about the blessing this, this parent gives to his son. The father says, and he says, Son, whatever will happen to you in your life, whether you will have success or not, become important or not, will be healthy or not, always remember how much your mother and I love you. When he, said, when he said this in front of the congregation, looking gently at the boy standing before him, tears came to my eyes, and I thought, what a, what a grace such a blessing is. And that's how God sees us. He doesn't care if we have more, you know, sermons on the Internet than the next guy, you know, because, wow, we've been just cranking them out for years. And, you know, he doesn't care how big the congregation He doesn't care about any of those things. He cares about us. And, you know, that's it. Like, are you a success or are you not a success? He cares about each one of us. So as we walk together, we can bless others and we can bless ourselves. Um, not ourselves, but, be, but bless others. 
And I want to kind of look at one a definition of blessing. The word ben, it comes actually from this the, the Latin word benedicto, which you know a lot of times like in the old churches or whatever, they say, we're going to say the benediction. And it's like, oh, okay. But it actually means to speak or say good things. So we need to say and speak good things to one another, and that's one of the things I'd like to do today is um, we need to speak the truth of who God, of how God sees each one of us into each one of us. Because if we are, we are beloved children of God, which we are, then we're representatives of him because Jesus tells us, you know, you're going to be my representative. So if we're his representatives and Jesus blessed others and we see the Father blessing others, then we ought to be blessing others as well. So um, what I'd like to do is I'd, I'd like to have a time. I know we do um, kind of a, you know, if anybody has any words, we can do that. And then also, if anybody wants just to have a blessing set over them, um, we can do that over here, and we've got, I've talked to a couple other people that are going to come and do that. Um, but just to, just to have God's truth spoke over you, if you want that, um, I think it's very important. It's significant because it's, it's who you are at the core level, not, well, you did this or that. So if you want to do that, that would be great. And one of the, way, one of the things to, uh, if you are going to, if you want to have a blessing, receive it and accept it. Because when someone speaks the blessing over you, I believe that God's going to give them words for you that maybe don't make sense to you at the time, but accept it for what it is because it's God's, God's word for you. And be, just receive it gratefully and allow it to work itself into you, because as we speak God's truth over one another, it's going to become our reality. Does that make sense? Like, we, we know, like, I know it's changing me, like, God loves me. Like, I'm not defined by my things that I've done. I'm defined by the spirit that lives within me, and it's a lifetime to work out. And some days it's going to look really good, and other days you're going, are you kidding me, that guy? He loves Jesus. I, what? I didn't show that I love Jesus. I didn't say that God stopped loving me. I just decided to be a putt. I mean, th- there's a difference. So the reality of where we are, we are loved by God, and I want us to feel that today. So.